afternoon. My name is Philip Hobbes. And my name is Anthony Goslin. And welcome to the 4am Coaches Club podcast. So, um, it's important that we get the introductions done, say who we are, because there's going to be people who don't know us and definitely don't know me. Um, uh, I am a football coach from the Northeast, um, as you can tell probably by the accent. Um, I've been coaching for about 17 years, different levels in different countries, and I've probably had more clubs than my golf bag, but I, I'm, I'm so excited for this, and what, 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 let's hear a bit about you. Yep, so I'm Anthony. I've been coaching now for over 12 years. I'm from the southeast of England, and very similar to Phil, I've had coaching experiences both in this country and abroad, which has then led me to different age groups working from children from the ages of six all the way to open age adult men's game. So I've had a nice wide variety as well. And hopefully with the experiences that me and Phil have gained through this, uh, you can find this podcast very helpful to be able to support you from there. So the aim that we have for the 4am Coaches Club podcast is to help you coaches with support, experiences, and hopefully some advice that then might be able to help you going forward as well. So very much as coaches, we're, we're very selfless individuals and we spend a lot of time focusing on the players, which is rightly so as the game is all about the players and what we can do to help develop them on and off the pitch. However, as coaches, we're very often to forget about ourselves and take care of each other and, and focus on that as well. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's important that we can try and help provide support for the coaches to better themselves and, and make things easier for themselves so that then they can spend more time focusing on how the coaches and the players can work together from there. So through this podcast, again, hopefully myself and Phil and future podcasts where we can bring guests on to help the coaches to then better the coaches and the players themselves. So that's what we aspire to achieve. And if you do have any ideas or feedback, then please let us know uh, as we'd always like to try and make this as best as we can from there. Absolutely. So, so starting from there, being the first session, both me and Phil agreed that the best thing to do is focus on how as coaches we can support ourselves and each other both on and off the pitch. And this is something that both me and Phil are very, very interested in and, and find it important because, again, it's, it's not spoken about enough. And, and it's important that both you and your clubs that you work with and your players are focus towards that so Phil if you're happy to start us off how do you think as coaches we can support ourselves better and other coaches on the pitch as well what things do you think we could do to make things easier and and more stronger connections well before I move on to that and what an introduction by the way have you got that written down I wish I had I love that off the top of the dome love it um Everything that you've you've said, and I think I think it's super important that we go through the support for the coaches, and and I think I think the big thing is is for young coaches who are starting out. You might be sixteen, seventeen, and you're just starting out. Make good connections now. It's it's not about winning or losing. It it's about yeah how you network yourself. And I think that's really important. I think the the reason I've probably had good relationships and I've still got good relationships here and abroad is is because 
hay the I, I suppose I'm not as much as performance and I, I, I don't want as much as I argue with people on the, on, a, on a football pitch I come away from that and I ask ideas and I'm very open in terms of oh, I really like that I, I'd like to find out more and and maybe just giving a little bit all the time and then I can get that network together um the, the name 4am coaches club I was listening to uh to I think it was Stephen Bartlett and um he talked about quite heavily have the people that you would call at 4am in terms of business um if you have business ideas and have have your, your group of friends that, that you'd have there and coaching's no different I don't think to run the business and I don't uh, what what's your thoughts on that what 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 do you what do you think having that no, no absolutely and I think what's what's important is that coaching is very similar in respects so of it's all about personal relationships and how can we focus on developing those relationships with a multitude of different people. You've got the players you work with, parents, colleagues, senior members of staff, officials, league representatives. So if you look from that point of view, it's all about a people's job and being able to have the art and science of working on those relationships and be socially intelligent with those individuals to be able to then tailor yourself to, to those connections. And I think with that being important as well, having like-minded people around you who are also coaches will better yourself, better themselves, and also the environment that you work in as well. So obviously yeah. we've, we've had a multitude of conversations over the years and more recently before we decided to do the podcast that, it's, it's questions and it's asking this, uh, hey, Phil, I've, what do you think of this? I saw this earlier or I've just done this CPD event and suddenly I found this. So hmm, what do you think of that? And we then will talk about it. And I think it's important to have like-minded people like that. But at the same time, have those people around you that aren't very like-minded and might potentially take a different view or approach on those things could then actually be really eye-opening and that suddenly you thought actually X but suddenly it looks more like Y. And that's not something you might have seen because you're so heavily focused on the X. So I think it's important to be able to do that. But I guess then that kind of lends us to how do we support ourselves and other coaches off the pitch. And I think for me and yourself, Phil, obviously we've spoken a lot about this, that it's very personal. And the reason being is that what you find in football, uh, in particular coaching-wise, is not all of us are very lucky to be working in football full-time and especially for us who aren't working in football full-time it can be incredibly hard with the different stresses that come with it uh work finances uh well physical and mental well-being uh, and commitments like that as well and i think from my own personal view and and experiences working in working in a professional football club uh part-time and and working in a national league club as well, I think you definitely see how difficult it can be at times to be able to cope that with with that on top of full time work. So very much yeah. like yourself, you work your full time hours in the day, nine till four, eight till four, nine till five, whatever that may be, and then you find yourself having to then go and do coaching in the evening. <laughs> and we do it for reasons because we love what we do and it's important from there, but I certainly think it does take its toll on itself. And having looked to something very similar during my master's degree and my dissertation, is that football coaches usually 
experience different stresses and and actually lend themselves closer to a reaching burnout than sort of the general population. And then when diving deeper into that, you found that actually, usually you find out the part-time coaches actually find things more stressful and closer to burnout yeah. than those are full-time. And those came to stress and factors such as finances, travel, uh, the commitments of socially outside of those hours that are hard to maintain and it becomes then important. So what what are we doing for that? So I guess for me at the moment, I'm I'm working full time Monday to Friday. Um, and then I have my coaching commitments uh, four to five nights a week, plus a game day on a Saturday. And it's trying to find the balance. And of course, I think for myself, I've put myself in a position where I have committed to those hours. I have those responsibilities and I will uphold those commitments. However, it definitely do, does have a physical and mental strain on myself. And I think at the moment, especially with the weather change as well, I think we've got to take these things into factor as well, that it's getting colder, it's getting darker. Yeah. Uh, the conditions that we're coaching have changed. Don't get me wrong, three months ago in a T-shirt and shorts, great coaching. That sort of weather's fantastic all the time. And now it's it's getting into the competitive season where we have to face these constraints as well. But very much for myself i i find myself personally going through highs and dips throughout the week so i don't know about you phil but for me tuesday sort of monday to thursday on a real sort of up and buzz and as it's sort of the towards it comes game day and and the end of the week i find it more physically difficult to cope with the constraints of how the week has gone because of things that have gone on in my full-time job how sort of spending two, three hours each evening outside is difficult and yeah. it, it works, it works <laughs> in cycles. So I guess, I guess for you, Phil, how, how do you find that balance of having full-time work with your coaching on top? So, uh, I, I mean, I mean, I don't think there'll ever be a good balance, especially at the moment. As you say, like, it's hard to get motivated. It's tough to get motivated and the, uh, you've got, you've got, players texting in at eight o'clock in the morning saying, oh, I'm not feeling great. I can't get in. Or a parent that will text you and say, oh, listen, like um, we can't, we can't do it this weekend uh, because we're away. Uh, we've got a prearranged thing. And then you're having to, having to, to mix things up. And, and the, I think the right answer is, is you, we can't generically say this is, uh, this is how you get the balance right. But, Everyone's going to be different because we're all human and we're all different, uh, and we all deal with scenarios very in in lots of different fantastic ways. But when you look at things most holistically, you can go, okay, this person loves the social aspect and and, and they care about that. And it's about how to have the conversations with those coaches. And I, I, I supported a coach about roughly four or five months ago. And I got into this fantastic conversation. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love seeing my mates. Like, I want to play football on a Saturday. And I'm like, okay, your performance might drop. And our performance drops, something that you've just said there. I mean, how, how good is it after, after a, like a, a Sunday? How good is the session on the Monday and Tuesday? It might be a performance or a good win the session or the Monday or the Tuesday is absolutely phenomenal. It's great. But then you work nine to five and then half four onwards. Yeah, absolutely 
shattered and you're like yeah. it's freezing cold I can't be bothered I've got to go and plan my session as well and I've got to I, I'm going to I've been getting up really early and I've been having a cold shower then doing my session first thing in the morning <laughs> and I'm like I'm like right I'm absolutely freezing I've had my cold shower while the iron's hot I am going to plan a session and then I've still got all that stuff in and then as I say, I was speaking to this coach, and he went, he went, oh yeah, I want to do that. Well, okay, well, don't expect your performances to be great because if you coach in the morning, and you've got a game, and it's a it's a tight one, emotionally, it's going to be hard for you to get back in the car, go to your game, and emotionally get up for that game. It, it, that's something that you have to learn. And he's only seventeen. Um, I think the other side is that we have to. We have to understand every single bit of people's circumstances. So I have a job which is shift at the minute, so it, it, it's hard. I have to call people quite early. I have to make sure there's cover. Um, I have to make sure my games are always covered and, and stuff like that, lots of different things. Um, that was my choice. Um, it might be you get a coach who's doing college. He's doing a college course. He's a lot freer. Great, but does it come down to trust stand? Where we go, actually, you plan it, send it to me, and I'll look through it. Does it come down a bit of trust and a bit of responsibility as much as we might want to take control in that moment because we have the title head coach, and I say it very, like, I say it very loosely, but we might have the title head coach. What is a head coach? I mean, I'm going to give you a job to do. Plan the session. And I'll give I'll give you that I'll give you details there. I'll give you all the information I can. And guess what? If it's not good enough, I'll come back to you and I expect you to do it again. But then, how much better is that coach for us doing that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what's what's important is this talks about how we can support the coach first and foremost off the pitch. So what you've got to find is a way to align yourselves as individuals. Um, if if it's coaches within the club. Does does the coach support and work together so that you get the same outcomes in the base in the way that um, you've structured your philosophy of how you as a club want to achieve your outcomes? What that then looks like in your game styles and your playing styles and your principles of play, and how that then looks from there. So then, if you as coaches can align and support each other off the pitch during the season, particularly I guess in pre-season, if you have that accessibility, is that spending that time having a catch up for a coffee or in the car, having a phone call and just saying, look like this is, this is what we want to strive to and achieve. And those things then will make that process and that trust a lot easier and will then be a lot more efficient with your time in season that when it does come to those situations where actually like we're working together and goes right. Um, sort of based upon our, uh, our syllabus or curriculum, what we've, what we've devised for here now is that we'll be looking to work on X what do you think of this? And it's like, yeah. it gives you the same sort of foundations to work off together. Whereas yeah. I guess if you bring, if you were to bring two different coaches from completely different setups together to do, I think that'd be a lot harder. And I think that yeah. would then potentially lead to a breakdown of trust. However, taking those moments to build relationships and connections with your colleagues and your coaches, I think is essential. I think speaking, speaking on my own experience, um, one of one of my main roles running an under 18s team i'm working with 
another coach who we've been sort of very very closely working together colleagues for four or five years and we've no, we've had the success of being able to know each other for 12 years so then as a result of that we're very much on the same wavelength whereas I guess it's really important to build that trust especially with new coaches as well I think it's yeah. important so with that being said is and then I think it allows good opportunity so as you said there but if you have a young coach with you is maybe what it would be to staff with is I'll plan the sessions and if you lead part one or part two or part three yeah. or part four or so forth from there and then as that happens, it then builds trust. It then builds more confidence. You can then hopefully build confidence in them. They'll build confidence in themselves. And it then become quite a fruitful relationship with yourself and the other coach. I, I think that's where it's important is taking those moments sometimes away from away from the grass to get to know the person you're working with more can can be vital. And again, in, in a very, very different experience, before this is um, when I started working for a professional football club a few years back, uh, three three months into the job, uh, we took the under nines and t- uh, the under nines uh, on tour to Germany, and suddenly now I'm I'm sat in a car to the airport, and then on the plane with my fellow coach, and we're spending sort of almost twenty four hours together throughout the day, and having those conversations to understand that person, both in football and away from football, it, it develops trust and, and a relationship like no other. So I think that's where it's really important that the things that we do off the grass and away yeah. from the field is is where we could do the things from there. So, And no. I, I, just, to, just to reinforce your point, I mean, when we first met, it was obviously with, with UK International Soccer and, we we spent that week together where I, I went and did a, a little bit of work and I always remember the first night in the in the hotel and I'm just sat down. I can't remember what I'm doing. I I, I know I've I know I've got a piece of paper in my hand, but you come over and you go, I've, I've got a question about that session, and I, I believe you, you disagreed or something. It was something within the session. It was a point. Thanks for that, by the way. Yeah, I was to say that that hundred <laughs> percent sounds like something I did. So I do apologise for that now. But but you know if you didn't do that, I wouldn't learn. And it that you know what the wonderful thing about football is? It's an opinion, and and you were allowed that. And I actually learned a little bit about that because when we spoke, I think we spoke a little bit about family life and, and after that, and we we'd sat talking for it was one small point and for forty five minutes, and um, we had this wonderful conversation about how it looks and. Um, Probably adapted the, the session the next time, but I probably just thought about who it was with, and I believe it was a turning session. So the the player got it in the middle, had to play out. Then everyone came in uh, like later on just to just to get everyone in. But um, if if we hadn't have done that, we probably wouldn't have that relationship. I mean, we we had forty coaches in the first two weeks, two three weeks that I came through in summer. I only speak to about three or four now. And going further back into that, and I just want to go into levels because this happens at every level. There's an amazing story about Alex Ferguson, and he, um, oh, sorry, um, he, um, he just came into the Premier League, and he, he's on the phone, and it, it's it's Sir Bobby Robson, and he's talking to to Sir Bobby Robson, and 
he goes, oh, he goes, oh, what are you doing? Are you free? He goes, he goes, oh yeah, 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 Bobby, I'm, I've got all the time in the world. He goes, oh good, I'm outside. <laughs> and they go in, they have this amazing chat about football, and they, they talk about what they, they talk about everything. And he was there for ages. And but Alex Ferguson always said that 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 was Bobby, that was Sir Bobby, and that's who he was, and that's what he did. So it's really interesting that it happens at all levels. It could be great. It can happen at grassroots. I've just sat and talked to a coach um, this morning after after football, and we, and we we talked for about half an hour about football and about why does it work. To the top level, I mean, wrong. I'm not sure if Jurgen and Plep, Plep, Pep, uh, sit down and speak to each other. But it'd be interesting to find out or be a fly in the room in that in that room that they're supporting each other, even though they're playing against each other, probably three, four times a year. No, I, f- I think things like that are absolutely essential. And I think to to elaborate on that a little bit more, I think up until the last couple of years, you find very much that coaches were very redundant in the idea of sharing and providing other people with potentially what they do and, and open up about the sort of work they do. And it's very much, you, ha- you have that cliche that, all coaches are magpies, and you can't be show- you can't be sharing this, you can't be showing that. Otherwise, X, Y, and Z might do this, and and so forth. From then, I think at the end of the day, all coaches from grassroots to professional game, which I guess will be different, is trying to help the individual become the best possible player that they can be, and and person as well. Um, I'm a big advocate that. As coaches across, we're trying to create great people as well as great players. Mm-hmm. And what I like now, particularly in the last three to four years, is you've seen a massive shift in people being so secretive about what they're doing on the grass that actually, if anything, we've almost gone a complete cycle and, and we're on the other way. And you see now all social medias is is flooded with with knowledge and sessions and uh, I love the idea on, on Twitter in particular in the football community the the Sunday share I think the day Sunday is my Twitter's absolutely clogged in a great way with with all this content that people are putting out there and sharing with and I, I think that's that's really really important and what you're finding now is that coaches are a lot more open to the idea because just because I might create a session for me for my players it doesn't mean that a coach can't do it, another coach can't do it, and, and give the same detail. Us as coaches are what makes our sessions what they are. And I think that's that's where it's really important that people are are open to the idea because we are all trying to achieve the same things at the same time. And obviously, different clubs will want to do it their way and so forth. But I love I love how coaches are changing now to support each other around this and being very, very fortunate recently to be attending uh, an FA qualification up at St. George's Park, being put in a room with a hundred different other academy coaches across all categories of the game, listening to academy managers and coaches from other clubs and they're being very open and honest and about what they do. I think it's really showing a different change that instead of working against each other, all coaches trying to work towards the same outcomes. And I think 
that makes a world of difference. And I hope that you've well seeing some of these coaches there. There's some. There's some. Uh, some of them are big names in in football, and some are in very high prolific jobs. And but they are more than happy to share their experiences, their knowledge, and ideas. Whereas I don't think that fully transcends down into the grassroots game. I think where that's very different. But us as coaches, we're we're trying to make a difference. And if we do put ourselves around like-minded people, then hopefully we can create those environments where we are be able to do those changing things from there. Um, yeah, I think I, I do also think that I, I think I think more support for those support for those coaches. Um, I, I think in the grassroots, it, it, it's it's hard because you've got people who who want to win. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with wanting to win. I've got a, a, before it sounds like I'm going to hammer those people. Uh, it sounds like I am, but I'm not. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to win. But there has to be a balance. Now, I do believe that we need to probably train a little bit more on what that balance looks like. Um, is it your way that you want that you want the ball to go to the centre half back, the keeper, and lump it? Okay, fine. If, if that's if that's your philosophy, that's your philosophy. You've got no issue with it. But we have to make sure that we're we're teaching kids and, and working with kids. I mean, where, where I, w- I went and worked with them. Um, and it was the first time I'd seen that. I went and worked in Portugal. It was for about a week. And this session goes on. And it gets to about 45 minutes, 50 minutes. I'm like, so I go to the coach. I'm like, when are you going to do like a match or possession or anything? He goes, oh, no, no. Like, we don't do that here. They get an hour of ball work. Like, they're with the ball at their feet. All of them with the feet. We've just got different things. So, like, we do a little bit of a passing thing. But the maximum is three. Uh, three people to one ball um, we do loads of skills loads of tricks and instead of having like a day of turning a day of dribbling we do that and then when they go into their games they're just better better 1v1 have you ever heard that in England? Oh I think that's I think it's a difficult one I think yeah. we I think so as again, a country philosophy yeah and I think that's the thing that as a country and I think with the support of what the English FA are trying <laughs> to do is we are seeing a shift in structure and it's very much that traditionally we've looked at sort of like a warm-up technique skill game and that kind of being like a very formal rigid structure however with some of the education that's coming out from the FA and other national governing bodies and then also what other coaches are putting out I think we are slowly changing the shift in that in that style from there and, and spending time on sessions where some sessions might be get very game heavy. Some sessions might be very ball heavy, and as an individual, I think that oh, hello, a, a place where we are trying to create as many experiences for the players that we can expose them to. That that then will be able to impact the game and session design. And uh, from here, is something that we'll be talking about in a couple of uh, podcast time, but. No, absolutely. I think it's, it's it's culture. And having spoken to other coaches who have worked in other countries, similar to ourselves, Phil, but uh, more in South America and things like that, is yeah. they're incredibly ball-dominant as an individual. And then speaking to coaches who have, have worked in Spain, they're very sort of pass-possessional, like Rondo style. And then in England, it's very like technique-skill game. 
Um, and I'd, I'd love to hear more from people listening to us uh, about what their experiences are of session designs and how sessions might look from other countries. So I think it's important that we do that as yeah. well. Uh, but just on on saying field, I want to talk to you about because I know sort of you're very into your your fitness training and and nutrition and such. How do you, as a coach who works full time uh, and part time, how do you find yourself looking after yourself physically, both from like a do you go to the gym? How do you find your nutritional stuff? Um, how do you find that balance and that time? So it's something I really want to talk about because. As an individual, I think it's something I've really struggled with, looking after myself physically um, with the demands of, of work. But sort of, what do you think, Phil? How, how do you find the balance? How do you find you look after yourself? Uh, well, I, just to confirm, I didn't. And I, 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 probably, I probably still fall into that trap sometimes. Um, I, think more, I think a lot of coaches are... are, are so, it's so hard because... You go, you you go to you go to some coaches, okay, and and they work their nine to five, and then they'll, they'll they'll either try and do the gym in the morning or the gym in the night, and then they'll go and do that. Then they'll go and do that coaching, um, and they'll go and do that that coaching, and what 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 happens at the end of the night? You just want to either snack or you want to get you want to get a pizza, you want to get like a kebab, you want to get like and. And you just want to get some food in your system because you feel drained. So I, I'm quite lucky at the minute. I'm, I, I'm because I work. I, I'm like as I work. You'll get me words at the minute because I work as a personal trainer. So I'm in the gym probably about five thirty six a.m. Um, I'll train before I'll have like a half an hour blast. First, you've got to do the right training. You've got to find the right training for you. If it's something that you don't want to do, you won't stick to it. That, that's the first thing. Second thing is try and plan meals as best as physically possible. So it might be that you have three pots of food or you have two pots of food and it might be a protein shake, but you need food in the, in the, you need, you need food in the, in the body and in the system. And I heard a, um, heard a great quote about probably about two years ago, every single football coach and footballer Sorry, I'll, I'll say I'll say coach and, and athlete, just because th- this is probably transferable to to many different things. If you think if you if you look at them like an F one car, okay, the F one car's got to have the right oil in, it's got to have the right fuel in, um, it's got to have it, it it's got to be looked after well, it's got to be we're no different. We have to have the right food in, the right amount of water in. Bodies need to be looked after, um, and we need to do we, we need to do certain things to make sure that our bodies are, are at that high level. If you go into a coaching session, you've not ate all day. Do you think your session will be as good as it would be with without that food? And I'm I'm not saying have four cups of coffee beforehand to get you up for it. Have a clear mind, um, and have a clear training plan, um. Because I do training plans probably most most of my day, I'm looking at my mobility. Um, coaches for mobility, we need to do more of it. And you'll just feel a lot better for it. Probably clocking in. I mean, I clock in between thirty and 50,000 steps a day. So I need a very little bit extra fuel. <coughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's how... 
I would look at it. I know it's tough. Mentally, you've got to be disciplined as well. So afterwards, if you've had if you've had the right amount of food, but you go, oh, but I really want a pizza. Just try your best to trick your mind. So I'm drinking water. Um, my friend chews ice, so it feels like they're eating, or chews gum, so yeah. it feels like they're eating. Um, like I think when I was when I was coaching two or three teams, I I probably weighed about two stone extra than I do now. And I I think that's the thing as well is that. Yes, our session might be an hour or an hour and a half or two hours if you're fortunate. However, time has to go into planning those sessions. So what is what is might necessarily be an hour on the grass might be an hour to an hour and a half off the grass. So then straight away that takes two and a half hours. Um, and Washing I think kit. that's yeah. And I, I think Washing this is, I think this is the thing that as a coach I still haven't got right, and it is something that. I probably need more help with and and being more organised in my life and and structuring things is that I don't know many coaches that don't have loyalty cards at most coffee shops. Um, Coaches that couldn't tell you certain meal deals from certain supermarkets and, and and things like that because it's very much going from one place to another and then potentially somewhere else. Um, And it's it's taking the time to be able to meal prep and, and get yourself yeah. enough food and, and, and fluids and hydration and, and the right way and, and sleep as well. I think very much for me, most of my days at the moment start, well, most of my days bar one in the week start around nine o'clock, one slightly earlier, plus game day on a Saturday. Um, that that can vary. So for me, yesterday, uh, up at six thirty, out the door at seven, uh, for a nine o'clock meet down south, and and didn't get home until quite much later on. So it's finding that time of balance to be able to have your work life, have your personal life, have your social life, but also taking time for you to care about yourselves as well. And it's a lot easier said than done. And I'm I'm very understanding of that, but. No, I think it's important as coaches that if if we break down the idea of of well being and what are we as coaches doing to support our own well being, sort of both sort of across physical well being, social well being, emotional well being, psychological well being. <coughs> excuse me. What what are we doing for those things? And obviously having these kind of jobs we're spending a lot of time working within the young people uh, adults parents other coaches so socially we're we're getting a vast amount of interaction with with individuals that if you're a young person you would only really ever get with your teachers uh, so from that point of view it's a lot but again as you've touched on Phil which was a fantastic version of it is as a F1 car is and it's something that I've been told many a times is you can't look after yourself if you're burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think and, it's such a massive issue, man. I honestly do. I think it's something that... I do think the FA need to probably have a look at it. I mean, there's so much support for players. So much. I mean, we, just, we just don't do enough for coaches. That's my personal opinion, by the way. But No, absolutely. And I think 
especially, especially again, being very selfless individuals as we are, is mm. we're probably very reactive to potential scope of burnout, stress and ill-being. But I guess what what can we do to be more preventative of it? What can we do to delay the, the onset of burnout or stress or um, or ill-being? Or how can we go about it being completely preventative? And I think obviously before before we sort of move on to talk about our next podcast, I think from me can add on afterwards is spending spend some time per time per week to organize your week structure it see how it looks like so potentially now uh spending a couple of hours on a on a sunday evening preparing yourself for the week like your kit your food um sort of hydration how you'll get your sleep from and and the times that you'll take to plan so i think for me just spending some a meal prepper in particular, I think that for me, the main things that are really important. Um, so kind of on that field, what, what do you think for the people listening and the people who are yet to hear about things and hopefully they do, what things do you recommend for them that they could do to potentially be more preventative and supporting of their well-being before it gets to ill-being? Sure. I, 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 I've struggled with this and, 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 and I'll, I'll openly talk about it that my mental health over the last Last year took a hell of a beating. My my mental health took a hell of a beating. Uh, well, sorry, well, on the, sorry, the last season. We'll say last season, just because I obviously I'm a football coach, so I don't do it in years. I do it in seasons. Uh, um, the last twenty days for me, I've probably been the best I've been because not twenty days, probably too much. But um, I I've been keeping a journal. I've been keeping a journal and writing to it, like, I think it's like four paragraphs of how I'm feeling, what I've got on, how that made me feel. And I wish I'd just started it. I recently had a relationship breakdown and I wish I'd started it earlier. I was humming and hard and I was in and out with it all the time. But I wish I was just more disciplined. I think my, I think I don't think that would have broke down as it did. So I swapped over thinking, journaling, um, Coke for bottles of water. Um, swapped watching YouTube for reading. Um, which your Instagram posts helped me with that. I've, I've read some really good books from from some of the stuff that you put on, which we're going to obviously talk about in a more more in another podcast. But yeah, I just journaling is the way forward for me. It, it just works. Cold showers as well. Cold showers, like it just it just relieves a lot of stress. I don't know why. I would love to see the science behind it. Um, and there's a couple of people who I'd love to get on and talk about it with. But yeah, yeah, that that's one big thing I think is journaling and cold showers for me. That's that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, no, fantastic. And I I think that's very similar to you. And we're both having spent some considerable amount of times in further education academically as students I think we both have a very similar interest in in reading and the power that reading can have both what it can do for you mentally sort of how you can sort of take some time to yourself but then also what you can gain from it as well and I think for me I very much enjoy having a book in my hand or or being on social media, in particular on Twitter, where there's there's articles on coaching, there's there's other things, and 
I think it's really, really essential that us as individuals, regardless of being coaches or not, is that if we're looking to self develop ourselves and and take some self care, that that is then just going to mimic our relationships and connection and the people that we surround ourselves with. And if we spend time to focus on ourselves, the people around us will benefit as well. I think, especially for coaches, if if we take time to look at new ideas, new sessions, new plans, go on to CPD events, read into things. I think it then, it, it personally for me, re-motivates me for my sessions. And uh, you know what? I've, oh, I like this idea. You know what? I can use that on Wednesday session. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, I can't wait for Wednesday session. Uh, I really hope it works. And sometimes it doesn't work. And that's okay with it. And I think something we'll move on to in a couple of podcast time is when we look at the session design before, during and after and reflective, we'll talk more about it there. But sometimes those car journeys on the way home, like there's times where you can be very harsh on yourself and there's times mm. where you'll be very happy, but spending these, spending these times for self-education will be unbelievable. So I think it's massively important to do that. So kind of moving on, Phil, it's been a fantastic conversation today talking about how we can support ourselves and other coaches both on and off the pitch. So would you like the honours today? Can you talk to us about what our next podcast topic will be? Oh, well, if you're going to give us that, I've got to, haven't I? Um, <laughs> it's a really interesting one that most coaches hear, but it's it's always going to be there, whether we like it or not, um, politics and football and, and looking at how we best deal with that and coming up with some ideas. Um and by the way, if you've heard the podcast, give us a message. We would love to talk about your ideas and tag you in it. We would love to talk about your ideas, but we're just going to come up with some ways in, in how to best react to those political issues. And, and it might be it might be daft things and it might be, it, it, we'll talk about all the issues, but in maybe not so much of a personal stance just because obviously we both work at clubs and we uh we don't want we don't want clubs to be dragged into it. But there are there are stuff that happens at every club in the UK and abroad and it'll never change. <laughs> no, absolutely. And and just on that to kind of wrap things up, again, this podcast will be posted out onto social medias across uh, our four M Coaches Club podcast on Instagram account and various other links from there. So please make sure you have a listen, you share uh, and a feedback to us anything important or anything on your mind that you'd love to discuss with us it's been a pleasure doing this with Phil who I think it's now been five six years Phil since we first met and it's something that we've now spoken about well over for a year so it's great to finally sit down and have this conversation and finally for me thank you very much I hope you've enjoyed listening and we hope to hear from you soon we cannot wait to have you back and the next one. See you soon. <laughs>